Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 20, with Ramon Ray talking about his book, The Celebrity CEO, and how entrepreneurs can thrive by building a community and a strong personal brand. The Celebrity CEO concept is that you can be well-known in your market or industry. You don't have to be globally known. You don't have to be worldwide famous, but you can be well-known in your slice of the world. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today is an in-demand expert on small business success. He's a global keynote speaker, event host, and MC, entrepreneur, and best-selling author. He's the founder of SmartHustle.com, an entrepreneur in residence at Oracle NetSuite. He started four companies and sold two of them. His fourth book, Celebrity CEO, is about building a community and personal brand. He has worked at the UN, been invited to testify at the U.S. Congress, and speak at the White House. He has shared the stage with celebrity business thought leaders such as Seth Godin, Simon Sinek, and Gary Vaynerchuk. He's interviewed all five Shark Tank sharks. Without further ado, Ramon Ray. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here, brother. What's going on, man? It's great to have you. Can you take a few moments, fill in the gaps from that intro, bring us up to speed with what's going on in your world? Sure. I run Smart Hustle Media. That is a marketing agency on one hand where we provide a lot of value and information and content, articles, podcasts to small business owners. We have a community of thousands and thousands. On the other hand, we work with large tech brands primarily and help them reach small business owners. So that's one part of what I do. I also am a speaker. So I'm paid to entertain audiences around the world, online and offline. And um, that's the two things primarily that Ramon Ray does. Okay. Now, as we kind of alluded to in the intro, you had originally worked at the UN? Yeah. That was one of my first jobs while I was starting college. So I was relatively young, about 20-something years old. At the time, I took a year off or so from college, so I started a bit late, meaning a gap year. But yeah, I was very young at the time, one of the youngest hires. And I was there for many, many years. And at the UN, they have uh, pretty strict rules against having side hustles. And at the time, my boss had given me permission to have a side hustle. In fact, I had several. But then someone got quite a bit of jealous at me, Greg. I don't know if you've gone through that. We have someone who's like, why can he do it? And uh, they made a big stink about it. The permission was, re- was revoked. But by then, Greg, I was a thriving side hustler entrepreneur. So I didn't stop my side hustles. And uh, lo and behold, my contract was not renewed, which is another word for saying fired. And uh, that ended my career at the UN. But I learned a lot. I think I matured there to some degree, learned a lot about people. And uh, it was a good run. I'm glad I was there, except for the, the part when I wasn't. Yeah, I, I can understand that. It really surprises me that you were at the UN. I say this just because everything I've heard about diplomats are supposed to say say a lot of things, but without saying anything. And you obviously do not fit that mold. <laughs> and to be fair there, when I was there, not as a diplomat, I was an administrative officer. So okay. I was managing an office. But to your point, you're around diplomats and people that have some more of a, uh, a suave about them. So I get the thrust of what you're saying for sure. So what type of business were you running at that time? The first business I started was a family computer consulting services, and that was a small technology consulting company. Just me, small company, you know, below a million in sales, but it was a company. I dissolved that. Then a second business I started was smallbiztechnology.com, a blog that really helped to take the Ramon Ray brand to a certain level. I ran that for 20 years, and I sold it, in fact, two years ago, 2019. So that would have been 20 years ago, to, to wow. 20 years to the date when I first started it. 
I also started an event business called the Small Business Summit. And that I sold while at the UN as well, ironically. And today I've been running for about five years now, Smart Hustle Media, which is the company I talked about earlier, the media company, inspiring small business owners. Okay. Now, did you're having an IT background when you were unceremoniously or ceremoniously <laughs> let go from the UN, did that help you continue on and start your, your blog? Or- yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to think, Greg, that that was a knack for it. The technology, it wasn't so much the technology company, but I built my own computer to give you a sense of where I came from. Yeah. I'm sure you may remember Radio Shack kits. You have the little spring and you tilt the spring, strip the wire with your teeth and mm-hmm. put the thing in the little spring. So that was my world, my generation, Prodigy AOL. So I think more so that hobbyist interest of tech is what enabled me to start the technology company which all that combined made me very fluid with some of your your listeners will know FTP, Microsoft front page. That's not too geeky compared to what we're doing today, but right? Some people, the guy who could fix the fax machine if it wasn't working, fix the copy machine in an office. So that kind of handy type of uh, slant of the brain. Yeah. It seems like if you're in IT and it's got a power cord, it could be a toaster and you're responsible for it. That's right. Now, we hear the word brand get thrown around a lot. How do you define the term brand? Yeah, it is thrown around quite a bit. And I think that some people may say a brand is what people say when they don't talk about you, what your customers memorize you by and things like this. And I think all those are correct. I know for me, Greg, really what's important for me is I think, yeah, what do people know you best at? I know for me, a lady came up to me after an event and said, Ramon, I know you like burnt pancakes. I was so honored because she thought it was like a negative. She's like, I hope you don't mind. But I said, no. I talk about my love of burnt pancakes and bacon every two weeks. I cut it down from every week. So I'm glad that that's clearly you've been in the Ramon funnel enough to know that's what I like. So yeah, for sure, Greg, I think that a brand is important. What do people know of you as? And I think if you don't have a brand and people are like, huh, Ramon, don't really know what he does. How do they know where to place you and peg you? to know what they what to hire you for or what, what to call you for even if they need advice. So I think brand is in one point at your website and things like that is an important part of the brand. But I think it's really, why do people rally around you? What are you offering to people of value that makes them want to take notice to what you're doing? That I think is brand. All of us will arguably say Michael Jackson, moonwalk, Mike Tyson, boxing, Katy Perry singing. What's Greg known for? What's Ramon known for? So I think that's important. Yeah, I think we're all known for something. It's just whether or not we want to actually hear what it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> what is the celebrity CEO concept? Yeah, it's a made up of two or three key pillars, and it's really about personal branding. But the celebrity CEO concept is that you can be well-known in your market or industry. You don't have to be globally known. You don't have to be worldwide famous, but you can be well-known in your slice of the world. So if you're a plumber in a small town in Dallas, Texas, You may be well known in that area because you give cookies to all the kids after a plumbing job in the home, whatever it may be. That's your brand. You're well known in that area. So the celebrity CEO is encouraging small businesses that, listen, you may not be well known as Donald Trump or Barack Obama or whoever it is, but you can be well known to that specific sector of people and they can call upon you when they have a need. It's also about building a community of fans. So many times, Greg, I'm sure you talk to people and and we push so much to want to get a sale. But I'm like, slow down a bit. And instead of going so fast to get for the, to go for the sale, try to build trust and relationship, as my friend John Jantz talks about. And you can do that by educating people, providing them content of value that over time they're like, oh, Ramon, for the 77th time, taught me how to tie my shoes in his video. 
Maybe I'll buy shoelaces from him. That's a silly example, but that's with the celebrity CEO that you can build a community of fans, nurture people to buy from you, and you build that relationship of trust and relationship with them. Yeah, I was just thinking back to you know my childhood. I went to church, and there was a guy named Mr. Winters that I would you know see him, and he'd always have a spearmint or you know peppermint, and he'd give them out to the kids. I don't live anywhere near there today, but I've told that story to so many people now. And Mr. Winters has gone on and passed and gone to his reward, but it's just you know, incredible what you're known for. Now, a large portion of my audience, myself included, are introverts or mm. people that are not celebrities by any stretch of the word. Can they become a celebrity CEO? Of course. And to be clear, I think that having some cachet and, and wow factor helps. But just to be clear, you can be an introvert and be a celebrity CEO. You can be somebody who's not loudmouthed and have a podcast that reaches millions and millions. And you're known as the best person to shine cars. So they're not the same. So just to be clear, but yes, you can be an introvert. But the key is, are you providing intense value to your audience? Are you providing something to your audience on a regular, per periodic, recurring basis that over time, the drum roll keeps making, oh, Greg's talking about this. Greg's talking about 40 over 40. Greg's talking about this over and over again that then you, that, that locks into with what your brand is. Now, how do you advise somebody starting out and starting a community or even you know going back a few steps from that? Sure. Yeah, I think, Greg, there's four or five things that I think are very important for anybody who wants to dominate their industry. And for me, as an example, I'm not well-known in the small business space. There's people who maybe have more uh, cachet. Marie Forleo comes to mind. Um, and I'm sure many other Instagrammers who talk, I can look at my bookshelf, Guy Raz, Seth Godin, Gina Wickman of Traction, John Lee Dumas, all have more fame than I have. But I must say, in the world of small business, for large brands reaching small businesses, I'm pretty well known. So the five things that I think that people can do, Greg, really are one, I'm a firm believer in the power of social media. I think you must be sending out a lot of content to the right audience in a very narrow scope and serving them with that. That's one. Just by sending out several tweets, several LinkedIn's, several Facebooks, several videos, you, you'll be get to be known in that community. So that's one. Two, I'm a firm believer that everybody should be having some sort of event they're doing. It could be an in-person event, could be online. If you want, you could even stretch and say a show could be an event, Facebook Live regularly, but something to bring your tribe together. That's two, I think, very important. Three, I think, is a book. I do think it's helpful to have one or more books. I have four, I'm working on my fifth, to have a book out because it adds credibility, and that's a hook to give people a reason why they should interview you, why they should talk to you. It gives you an asset to have, even though everybody and their mother has a book. A book is a third thing that's very good. I think four, getting publicity is important. Things like this. So as you produce more content, people are going to want to reach out to you over and over and over again. So getting publicity in some way, podcasts or whatever it may be. There's a fifth thing, build your email list. Have a good website. And the email list is important, Greg, because as you know, if you're just having your world on social media alone, you don't own that real estate. So it's good to have something that you own and that you can reach out to people whenever you want. Now, how would you classify the difference between a customer and a fan? Yeah. Customer is one who is a transactional purchase. They buy from you and that's pretty much it. They may come back and buy again and again, but I see a fan or a community of fans is, and also a fan may not buy from you. 
But a fan is one who may tell others about you. A fan is on there every day. Greg, when Greg gets published on his podcast, Greg, your podcast is supposed to come out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Where is it? That's a fan. So I think that you want a customer for sure to make that sale. But if you can serve your customer so well, well, you're the first thing on their mind. Now you've engaged with them on a whole different level and they'll buy from you again and again. They'll tell others about you. And even if you're not a right fit for them at the time to buy from you, they'll still tell others, you should check out Ramon. As Greg, me and you are connected through our mutual friends, Ev. I know that you're a Christian and a fellow believer. Could you talk a little bit about Christianity and abundance mentality? Or And I don't know if you include the law of attraction in that. Yeah, I know what they mean, and you may want to unpack some of those, but I'll, I'll stop. I'll focus on the Christianity part, and then you can, we can dive into abundance or law of attraction like that. But okay. I think that, yeah, I'm a dedicated, committed Christian, love Jesus Christ. And, amen, amen, brother. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, too. yes. He, he, he's changed my life, and that's that. I believe that he's the source of my strength. I credit him with who I am. Yes, we, we learn, we read books, we, we learn from others, but I'm a person who has daily devotions, Bible reading, and prayer, unabashedly, unashamedly. And when uh, the shelter in place happened last year, I say with no shame that I, I was wondering, what do I do? And I was, I believe, divinely inspired. I had an idea for a big event called the Survive and Thrive Conference. And I was in a Wednesday night Bible study and I got that idea. So my point is, yes, I'm a dedicated, committed Christian. And um, that doesn't mean life is going to be easy. But for me, I've decided to walk in, in uh, the footsteps of Christ. And he's the foundation for how I try to live my life. Okay. Now, with the abundance mentality and law of attraction, do you see any kind of incongruity or incongruence with it? I know what law of attraction means, and I know what abundance mentality means, but how do you or your listeners define? Let's focus on law of attraction. Give me the context of how you would define it. Okay, unfair trick question. (laughs) If you focus on something long enough that eventually it will come into your life. Got it. Kind of a little bit vague on that. Yeah, I can answer it. I mean, it's a nuanced question. I think that the person who focuses on being in the NBA if they have this skill set and if they work hard towards it, never lose sight of that vision, surely they have a bigger chance of being in the NBA than let's say me, or maybe you, Greg, who's like, yeah, I'd love to be the next LeBron. I don't want to do any layups. Well, you have a lot less chance of being in the NBA. So if that's helpful in defining it, so I can you speak and manifest things alone? I don't think so. But I think many people say that they often mean probably, do you have the passion Do you have the aptitude? Do you have the aptitude? Do you have the drive? And in that case, it's a lot less about luck. It's more about things coming into a being because you've made that happen, if that's that's helpful. Okay, that is. And I I apologize. It almost sounded like a gotcha question. No, I don't mind. You can ask me any. You can ask me how I make my pancakes. You can ask me any question you want. Going back to your pancakes now, I, I assume you like them burnt because that implies maybe somebody else is making them. No, no, no. I like them. I just like the crunch. And I like the, the crunch as the syrup goes over it. I know it's not too healthy, people say, but hey, like kind of burned marshmallows, you know, I like the crunchiness of it. <laughs> I understand completely. I've had to make a few life changes on that. So I've read where you said that everyone has the ability to be magnetic in their personality. Can you go over that and how sure. someone that is not naturally magnetic or might have what they call a sterling silver personality. We only bring it out like <laughs> sure. once a year. I, mean, I said that. Let me restate that. I think what I mean to say is that you don't have to have an outgoing, magnanimous personality to be the celebrity CEO, but it does help. 
There are some people who may be very quiet and very introverted and talk softly, but their message could be very powerful and how they're leveraging the marketing tools we have to still reach millions. You have Joel Olstein as an example. He's a well-spoken guy, but he's not a TD Jakes, right? He's not the biggest, hey, everybody and zingers, but he's built a following due to whatever reason. Let's not get into politics or people listening don't like him or not. But the point is, he has a soft approach, but he still built something. So my point being, I think you can be a softer, more mild manner, spoken type person and still have an impact if you're able to telegraph that to your audience. Okay. That gives me a little bit of hope. I'm <laughs> largely more bombastic on here than I am anywhere else. <laughs> sure. And that's okay. Everybody has their version of how they share things with the world for sure. Okay. Now, what are some of the typical mistakes that you find people making when they're trying to start out either in a traditional business or in an online business? Yeah, I think some of the keys to business success I found, I think, A, who are you serving? What problem are they having? Where are they located at? These are three things that are very important. Then you have the aspect of what are you charging them? Are you charging the right price to make a profit for your business, dealing with overhead and things like this? Uh, then as you come to that, what's the team that you're putting together to help you build that, to help you serve that customer? Other thing that's important to ask yourself are, what's the purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? Which in fact should be the first question because that drives you. What's driving you and forcing you to do it? What's the vision you have for your company? Our vision at Smart Hustle is have fun and do the right thing. So I think that once you have these things in alignment, and as Jim Collins says, his book, Flywheel, something I hold near and dear, Flywheel. Once you get this in your business, then you're able to have a system that generates and goes on and on combined with your systems and processes, and you have a successful business. So some things that, that a business does that fails, their pricing is wrong. They're losing money on every item they're making or they're not charging enough. Or they don't have the right team and or hiring the right team member to help execute in their vision. Or they're working with the wrong type of customer. That's a drain on them. So there's several things you can get wrong in a business, but I find that once you get it right, you can build a big, a nice business, big or small, that uh, supports your family and enables you to serve your community. Okay. Do you find that people are overcomplicating the idea of what it takes to run a successful business? It's like the space shuttle. The space shuttle's not that complicated in one way. You have some propulsion that makes it go up with the right angle. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, there is some complication to it. So I think, yes, yeah, sometimes people do overcomplicate it. But I think even in the simplicity, oftentimes they don't focus on the core simple parts enough. And then, of course, you have people who don't start the business because they're waiting for perfection. As Seth Godin says, of course, I quote him often, that, you know, what to do when it's your turn is always your turn, right? So I think that there's an art of not letting fear uh, hold you back. Sometimes you just have to launch and take off. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So what does an entrepreneur in residence do at Oracle NetSuite? Sure. How, how did you come by that? Yeah, Oracle NetSuite was looking for someone to represent them to the startup community, to be the spear, the force behind them. I, not behind them, and part of their effort to what they're doing. So we came together and said, Ramon, can you, can you host some events for us? Can you produce some contents for us? Can you be out there and host some events for us online? Can you interview some of our executives? And we put that together and said, Ramon, you're an entrepreneur. Let's give you this kind of entrepreneur in residence. I believe it's a French word. You know, they had an mm -hmm. artist in residence who had a more of a long-term tenure somewhere. And we put that together and bundled it into an engagement that would be a little more encompassing than saying, hey, Ramon, can you do a tweet? A little bit more than just that.
I was, you know, laughing a little bit because half the time I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> should have gone with well, a triple uh, residence, indeed. Uh, yeah, I should have gone with an easier podcast name. Entrepreneurs <laughs> over forty. So, I like it. So, and thank you for giving us a home, by the way. Many there's so many forty under forty lists. So I'm glad you have the forty over forty. Yeah. It often seems that the news media in particular picks up the stories about the 20-year-old or if they're feeling generous, the 30-year-old entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. but not the 40, 50, 60, and 70 crowd. So That's true. What do you consider the best business book that you've read outside of yours? Sure. I wasn't going to include that, but I've read so many and I have them on my shelf. I think I'm looking at the side here. I think of Marcus Sheridan's They Ask You Answer. Okay. That's one that I like quite a bit. I definitely like Gino Wickman's traction about building business processes and core systems. I could pull out so many. I don't want my books to fall. But so many great books I've read. Gino Wickman's traction, They Ask You Answer, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And by the way, people who are listening to this, if they just direct message me on Instagram, best books, I can send them a, a list of some of my top books if oh, they direct awesome. message me that on Instagram, best books. Okay. So you released your last book, The Celebrity CEO, in 2019, and I know you just mentioned that you're working on a fifth one. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, and I'm not sure when it's going to come out or, or how it will come out. It may be just released as a pamphlet, but it's, it's about scaling your solo business or growing your solo business. That's the top questions I'm asked, Ramon. How do you get so much done, and how do I grow a very small business? I don't want to get big. I don't want to have 20 employees, 30 employees. I want to have only five or three. Can I still grow and build a successful business that's highly profitable uh, and still stay small? And my answer to them is, yes, you can. Okay. I think that needs to be more than a pamphlet. We need actionable steps. That's true. Okay. Are there any guests that you suggest that I have on? Because I made the mistake of going with entrepreneurs over 40, and sometimes you just cannot tell. She sure. was over 40. I wouldn't have invited you because I've, you know, frankly, all right. I think I you're in your that. 30s. Yeah. How old these people are, I don't know, but Ivy Slater's one, I-V-Y-S-L-A-T-E-R. If anybody's listening, Ivy Slater, she's on LinkedIn, Ivy Slater. Another one is Adrian Miller. She's a sales trainer, A-D-R-I-A-N, Adrian Miller, sales trainer. Those are two that come to mind for sure. Okay. I'll look them up. I'm yeah. hoping that I can figure it out via their LinkedIn background. Or you can email me and remind me. I'll, I'll connect you to them. No problem. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing worse than asking a woman, so you're over 40, right? (laughs) Or just simply have a 40 over 40 podcast. Most people will alert you if they're not. Very true. (laughs) All right. Let's get ready to wrap this up. What's the number one piece of advice that you can give for our listeners? Probably don't give up. Keep pushing ahead. Don't give up. It's easy to give up. Uh, But if you think you're doing the right thing and you've studied it and looked at all angles, most of the time the success will come right when you feel like giving up. What's the best way for people to check you out and get in touch with you? Smarthustle.com with a flagship website where we give our information and inspiration to small business owners to help them start and grow their businesses or RamonRay.com. I should have asked this before, but I'll ask it now. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about? Oh, we'd have to be on the, we'd have to have another four hour interview, (laughs) (laughs) but this has been a great discussion, short, quick to the point. And I think we've given people some good concepts with how they can build their personal brands and give them hope. I think that everybody is not going to be the president of the United States or some celebrity athlete, but we can all be known and be celebrities in our own key markets. Yeah. I think you've definitely knocked the ball out of the park on providing value. And thank you again. Oh, Greg, thank you. And I'm going to send our mutual friend Zev a little WhatsApp right now and say I wish him all the best. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you, Ramon, for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40.
Thank you, Greg. My interview with Ramon Ray was short, but I believe that it was packed with great business advice. Ramon didn't let being let go from the UN stop or define him. In fact, he spoke fondly of his time there. He thinks his knack for technology has helped him move forward and be successful in his business ventures. Ramon defines brand as what you are known for. The celebrity CEO concept is that even if you aren't famous, you can become well-known in your market or industry. The example Ramon used was the plumber in a small town who gives cookies to all the kids after he completes a plumbing job. It's also about building a community of fans. You can do that by educating people and providing them content of value that builds trust and relationship with them. Ramon emphasized that you don't have to be an extrovert or be bombastic. To build a community of fans, Ramon advises businesses to focus on five key things in their marketing. Number one, embrace social media and use it to deliver valuable content to your audience. Number two, meet your fans at an event, whether it be an online event like Facebook Live or an actual real-life meetup. Number three, have a book because it adds credibility and adds a hook to have people want to talk to you. Number four, getting publicity and some way to get your name out there. And number five, having a good website and email address so that you can reach your fans on a platform that you can control. Ramon explains the distinction between a customer and a fan as a customer is more of a transactional commitment, whereas a fan may or may not even buy from you, but they will sing your praises. Ramon recommended the following business books. Marcus Sheridan's They Ask, You Answer, Gino Wickman's Traction, and Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And of course, we'd be remiss in not recommending his own book, The Celebrity CEO. He also offered that if you direct message him on Instagram with best books, he will send you a list of some of his top book recommendations. To learn more about Ramon Ray, you can check him out at smarthustle.com or ramonray.com. Now next week, we'll have on Rob Kosman talking about online arbitrage and how he's leveraged that to make a lot of money on Amazon. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app so that you don't miss it or any other episodes. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.